We're outside the travel agency, a cannabis store that's got everyone buzzing. When I walked in, I felt like I was in the elite of the skies, like I'm about to get elevated and lifted in the best way. Got the important essential things. I need sleep, so tinctures, salves to relax my body, right? The best New York flowers. Come down to the travel agency and see for yourself. For use only by adults age 21 and older. Keep out of reach of children and pets. In case of accidental ingestion or overconsumption, contact the National Poison Control Center. Consume responsibly. Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits. Thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I ask that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, our transgressions, our shortcomings, Lord, those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm so thankful for this time, Lord, that we have for you, that you have given us, Lord, regardless of what, you've always kept us together. And I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ, all their support, everything that they've presented. Lord, just being able to fellowship with them because that's so rare today, that we are surrounded by like-minded individuals that understand what time we're in and what must be done for the future. Lord, I'm even asking that we all work to our full potential and that this ministry will grow. Lord, it's not a matter of if, but when. When you decide for things to go where they should, then Lord, we'll be more than willing to accept the call. So Lord, I'm asking that you allow us to stay faithful with those things that are so that are little so that you may make us faithful over things that are big. Lord, I'm asking that you bless my brother Martin, Lord, and his wife, Laura, as they go on their trip, they go on vacation, Lord, that you take care of them when they're away and you look after them, you know, and may they return safely. I'm asking that you bless Sarah, Lord, and everything she's trying to do in this ministry. She's trying to go forward with teaching and her prayer, her gift of prayer, Lord. I'm asking that you strengthen it and put an anointing on it. I'm asking with Jake, Lord, that he's trying to present things and go further with you, that you take his hand, Lord, and lead him the way. Make him bold, Lord, because he has the, he has the gift of evangelizing. So give him that, Lord. Help him out. Lord, I'm thankful for Martin and Laura and everything that they have, Lord, with the ministry, their support, so much that they've offered and presented, Lord. Even in the roughest times, Lord, you've kept them. I'm asking too, Lord, that you bless Eric and Holly, little Eric, Dan, Tracy, Karen, Sue, Lord, so many others, Lord, Mikkel, Chantel, you know, those, Cammie, Lord, Lord, bless her baby, Lord, and all that she's dealing with. But Lord, I ask right now that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, every spirit of lying, jealousy, confusion, rejection, hatred, malice. Lord, I'm asking that all those things be bound today, Lord, in your name, and let your Holy Ghost flow through here, Lord, and speak and dictate all that we need to know given us enlightenment and total understanding of your word. For you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, the only righteous and true and holy God, worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so tonight's study is going to be on uh, preparation for the latter rain. Um, a lot of people, you know, may have read that in the Bible, not really understanding what it means, we talked a little bit about it last week concerning um, the Jezebel spirit and how it shut some things off. You know, like when we see in the world how Jesus and his disciples, they had all these miracles, all these things that they did in the ministry. And it's almost like you don't see any of that today. 
like people being mocked for talking about Jesus. And, you know, it just doesn't seem like a lot of pushback. Well, we know in times past, you know, when things were like that, the Bible spoke of the latter rain, which is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, you know, um, and we need to get prepared for it because it's coming back, you know, and there will be the gifts of the Lord manifested through his people, just like he promised the disciples. If we tarry until and we do the things that we should in the Lord, when that time comes, this is where the Lord is going to have his sons of God manifested against the people that don't have it, the religious crowd, those that have talked and wasted God's time all their lives, you know, and then those that really sought the gifts of the Lord, that lived in his ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from here, let's go to John 3 to get started. St. John 3. Because there's always been revival. There's always been things going on. Like we read last week when, uh, uh, who was it? Um, Paul quoted what he heard from uh, Elijah. Right. When he said that the Lord would save a remnant of 7,000 men that would not bow the knee to Baal. Mm -hmm. So just when it seems like we're all alone and no one's believing what we're believing, the Lord always has a remnant. Always has people left over, you know, that are, that are feeling just like you, that are ready to take this fight to the enemy. When I say fight, I don't mean with, you know, carnal weapons. I mean the spiritual war that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. We'll start at John 3, uh, verse 1. There? All right. Uh, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher uh, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be, in, be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, you notice here, this guy talked about the miracles. And he said he knew that Jesus was from God. Interesting point is when you continue reading, I mean, you know, when Jesus says in verse 3, the first thing he brings out is that we have to be born again. If not, we won't see the kingdom of God. Now, we know that that's a transformation in how you are. You know, your nature has to change. It has to be similar to Christ. You know, we have to be organically grown in the spirit to think like Christ, walk like Christ, do what he would do. Mm -hmm. Forsake the world like him. Verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? He uh, Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, uh, and thou hearest the, the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. So what we understand here is when Jesus talked about being born again, he said it first by water and then by spirit. That's the water baptism and that's the fire baptism. 
the water baptism, you, you become baptized, you receive the Holy Ghost, okay, through following the Lord. But then there's a fire baptism that has to take place that, you know, you get to do the will of the Lord. So it's just like if you look at the children of Israel, when God freed them from Egypt, he did that for them. When they were in the wilderness heading towards the promised land, God did it through them. Okay, so through the Spirit, through you, through that vessel that he can use, is how we take the kingdom. It's not through, you know, um, in the beginning, he, he gave you salvation. He freed you. He, he split the Red Sea and brought them in. But when these children of Israel saw these giants, you know, they were, that was a real test of faith because they were like, hey, you know, uh, we're not going in there. But you see, the Lord had to wait for a generation to die off for another one to be hungry, to understand the promise and take the land. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a certain point where the Lord carries us and he carries us all the way. But the thing is, as one to accept the gift of salvation, sanctification is the organic growth that he deals with us, you know, taking mistakes out of your life, helping you grow in maturity. But then he has to take it through you. Mm -hmm. The only one that can want to go to heaven is you. It can't be anyone else. Right. No one can make you do it. Right. He has to say, hey, I need your vessel. Give me a body. I give you free life. Give me a body to work through to do the will. So this is what Jesus means by being born again, or he'll never see the kingdom of God. There's a spiritual maturity that we have to have in the Lord to allow him to lead us. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's, now, some people will say, God won't violate your free will. He won't. But the thing is, is you, it's, you can, it's your will to give him the wheel, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It's up to you to give him the wheel. Lord, lead me. I'm here at your disposal. Do what you need to do with me. So that's what it means by carrying your cross. So from here, we'll go to Matthew 13 uh, real quick because we want to read up a few things. So I have a question about verse 2. It says, except yeah. for God be with him. Is that, did it actually translate his name like from like Emmanuel or like, uh, I wonder how that was written in the. I believe that would be Kyrios, if I'm not mistaken, or Lord. Uh, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Is that what you mean? Verse two. Oh, yeah, verse, two. verse two. Verse two. It says, uh, "Except God be with him," because that's that's actually his name. Like, right. Name for that. that would be Adonai. Adonai. Adonai, which means you know, Adon is one. Adonai is the whole Godhead, okay. like the Trinity. Yeah. Looks like in this case, it actually translated word for word versus like put Adonai in there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That wouldn't make sense to us, I guess. We don't know what it was. Right. Exactly. No, I hear you. Matthew 13, we'll start at the first verse. Because we need to know what it is that's choking off the Spirit. What's keeping us from reaching our full potential in the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is something that I fight with. We all will, but you know, we tarry until. Mm -hmm. We fight the good fight. Jesus says, to he that overcometh, to the seven churches. What do we have to overcome? The flesh, the world, and the devil. Anything that's not of God, we have to overcome. That's right. Uh, Matthew 13, we'll start at the first verse. Uh, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. 
And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. So this is one example, too. Um, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and uh, forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of, of earth. That's two. The third example is, and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But, um, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, uh, some in a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Uh, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So this is a parable that the Lord is talking about that he's going to explain in a minute. Uh, verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He said, he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Uh, for whosoever hath uh, to him uh, shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But uh, whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. So what he's saying is here, there are some that when they, um, the reason why he's speaking in parables to the disciples, because the Lord knows that some people don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. They do not want to hear the gospel. There are some people, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, I'm not saying give up on them, you know, present the scriptures. You know, the word of God is what breaks through. Mm -hmm. But for some people, they just will not receive the truth. It's like pulling teeth. You know, so this is what he's saying. So he's going to speak to those in parables who he feels, you know, what does the Bible say? No man can come to the Lord unless the Spirit himself or the Father draws you. Yeah. So if, if we're saved here, all of us sitting here, it's because the, the Father told the Holy Ghost, go get that man, go exactly. get that woman. Exactly. I think they're ready to hear the truth. Mm -hmm. But until they're ready and their hearts are open, you know, the Lord will advise people to come, but... In the end, it's up to them. Mm -hmm. uh, 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they, they, seeing, they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which is Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. By seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed, uh, gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see uh, with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So it's with you the Lord will heal you. Now hold where you are. We're going to go to Isaiah 6 real quick, just to show you where this prophecy was true. Where Jesus quoted Isaiah. And that's why I can't, again, get rid of the Old Testament because those two parallel. Jesus quoted from it all the time. Six, and we'll start at the first verse. I mean, we'll start at the uh, ninth verse. Isaiah 6. Almost there. That's cool. What verse? First? Um, nine. 6-9. Chapter 6-9. Okay. You there? Yep. All right. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, 
and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. Then said the Lord, How long? And he answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, um, oh, and the houses uh, without man, and the land be utterly desolate. Okay, so that's that's what Jesus was quoting from Isaiah, saying that these people don't really want to hear. And this is why the Lord tells us not to waste our time on this, because the Lord has shut many of these people's ears, because they don't want to hear anyways. It's not him trying to make sure you don't hear, it's him trying to work with you and you not wanting to. He'll, he may come back to you later, but at the time, I'm not going to waste time on telling you this. I'm going to tell those vessels that are willing to get going, to do the work, and to go forward. All right, so we'll go back to uh, Matthew 13, and uh, we'll start at 16, uh, verse 16. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Now understand, you know, people want to talk about this time. You know, I wish I was born a long time ago. I used to think that too, but you know what? If you have this going on, then this is the generation that the Lord chose mm -hmm. for us to do His will. Mm -hmm. That means He's calling us forward. If we're all saved in this time, we are the vessels that he's looking for exactly. to go in and take the land, just like the Egyptians. I mean, just like the Israelites. The Egyptians were trying to keep them in the land. Uh, 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. Um, this is he which receives seed by the wayside. So that's the first example that the Lord mentioned. Now notice it says in 19, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not. The reason they don't understand is because they have another God. Okay, they got too many things that they're into. They're in love with this life. There's things that they can't perceive. Remember the Bible says the natural man can't receive the things of God because they're foolishness unto him. Yeah. So the enemy can come right in and take it away because you don't get it. And I'm not saying you're going to get it all right away, but it's to be that willing vessel, willing to hear the truth. Right. So the Lord can work through, you know, work through with it. But a lot of people don't want to. So that's the first example. One who can't understand, the devil comes, takes that away from him. Well, you don't need it anyway. You don't know what to do with it. The second in verse 20 says, But he that receiveth the seed, or received the seed, into stony places, the same that he, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon uh, with joy receiveth it. So it's kind of like um, willing, you know, I mean, or you're so happy, you know, like you're, you're ready to receive it. Mm -hmm. And then it says with joy, you notice that part. Then it says, Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, uh, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by the word, he is offended. 
So there are many people that are on this level. There are so many people in church, they'll jump up with joy, they'll clap their hands, you know, they'll praise, oh, hallelujah, Jesus, you know, this and that, I'm a real Christian. But you see, when they're approached by the real gospel, then you'll find a lot of people will back out of it. Why? Because it's not in them. Okay, they received it with joy. What does that mean? They were emotional. Mm -hmm. They were soulish. They were sensual. Remember, we did the teaching on body, soul, and spirit. Right. They were sensual. So it, they got wound up in their emotions. It wasn't heartfelt in the spirit. Exactly. That's where the problem came in. So what happened? They ended up being offended of the real gospel. It's, it's almost like Jesus said here, when trial and tribulation comes, mm -hmm. when the going gets rough, these people get going. What? Uh, why? Because they they feel it emotionally. It's not a heartfelt thing where it's, hey, whatever it is that has to go on, or we have to do, I'm going through with it. I don't care. And I'm not saying you won't have fear, but the point is, is that you still go forward with it because it's the real gospel. It's not going to get any easier for us. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, so they're offended. So that's the second example. The third, he, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and, and the care of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. So there are many here, too, where it's like, you know, you do hear the word. You know, you go forward with it. But remember when Jesus told the, um, I think it's the rich man. And remember when the rich man said, I'll do anything. I'll go with you and do all this stuff. And Jesus said, okay, leave everything you have and follow me. And the guy was, uh, you know, uh, he was offended by Jesus and just didn't walk with him anymore right. because he didn't want to forsake the things in this life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this, this, these are the ones that are choked up by thorns. Like, man, I love the Lord, but I don't know if I love him that much. <laughs> All of us have had an apple out of this bag. You know, if the Lord told me, Derek, I want you to go. Go now. Go and proclaim the gospel. I'll take care of your expenses. I want you in Europe right now or in Asia or South Africa. Now, I'm, yeah, but... You know, I like to come home and relax and my TV's here. And, you know, I may not have anywhere to live. You see, that's what chokes us off, too. This one here. I think this one, we can all identify with to some degree. Okay. Um, and then you become unfruitful. Why? Because there's a certain limit that you will go and then you won't go. Uh, uh, 23. But he that receives seed into the good, a uh, good ground, is he that heareth the word and understand it. See, remember the first guy didn't understand it, mm -hmm. but he heard it. So the devil was able to come and take him away. This last one is he hears it and he understands it, uh, which also uh, beareth fruit and bringeth forth uh, some an hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. You know, so that's what the Lord is talking about where... These are things, all four of these things, or three of them except for the fourth, they choke off the spirit. This is why the latter rain will not fall, because the Lord is looking for vessels to do his will. Now, he wants the body of Christ to move together. Some members of the body of Christ already, you know, but the Lord still has his time where, hey, I want you guys to, you know, I'll save my remnant. We'll get as many as we can in. And then we're going to go forward with what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Remember, when Jesus was teaching the, the disciples, they were with him. 
But when he left, they weren't doing anything anymore. And he said, another comforter will come that will lead you into all truth and righteousness that will take care of things. So Acts, the second chapter, we'll get there. But, you know, I'm just making this point here. So uh, we want to give another couple of examples and then we'll go forward. Uh, let's go to Deuteronomy um, 11. Uh, I wanted to, because I know we, in another book, I just can't find it. Lord, forgive me. We did. We read over these verses. It was in Luke. Okay, and the one where it said about uh, he received, it was parallel to verse twenty-two, where it said he also had received among the thorns and here. And then mm -hmm. Lucas said they also believed for a short amount of time as well. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that they didn't believe either. They did believe and then they Until decided, tribulation right. came or something, yeah. And then it was like they jumped right out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, Deuteronomy 11, we'll start at the first verse. Everybody there? All right. And it says, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always, like I guess always, uh, verse 2. And know ye this day, for I speak not uh, with your children, which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm, and his miracles and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt, unto their bones, and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day. And what he did unto you uh, in the wilderness until ye came into this place. And what he did unto uh, Dethan and Abiram, the sons of Iliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed uh, them up, and their households and their tents and all the substance uh, that was in their possession in the midst of all Israel. Now you guys remember this here. Moses came back down from the mountain. They built a golden calf. You know, remember to try and replace him, you know, and there were some that felt that this golden calf would have been their savior. So Moses wasn't going to argue. He said, you know, everybody on the Lord's side on this side, everybody for their cult, whatever, on that side. And when they all chose their sides, the earth opened up and those those ones that went against Moses fell right into the heart of the earth. You know, God's not kidding around. He's making a separation here of yep. uh, verse seven. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that ye may be strong and go in and possess the land, whither ye go to possess it, and that, and that ye may prolong your days in the land uh, which the Lord swear unto your fathers, and give unto them and to their seed a land that floweth with milk and honey. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence ye came out of. Now, Egypt means bondage. Mm -hmm. There was no place originally named Egypt. It was called Mitzram. That's where the people of Mitzram come from. The name Egypt was given by the people that were, you know, outside of the land. Okay, so, um, okay. 
where am I? Oh, Egypt, from whence ye came out, where thou um, sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. Now notice they're back on the seed now. Also, this land that flows with milk and honey is the promise that God gave us. Mm -hmm. This is our eternal inheritance in God. So this is what he's saying. It's not like Egypt. It's not like the world. What I got for you is so much better than that. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, 11. But the land whither ye go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water uh, of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. Uh, his eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even to the end of the year. Now, if we were to take this in the modern times, what was the thing that Jesus always talked about? Jesus always talked about the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. He always brought parables about those who wouldn't make it and those who would. So this is what he's talking about. The Lord's eyes were always on this land. Yes, Israel, the nation, but it's also on the promise. Right. You know, as for the church as well, or those in Christ. Uh, 13. And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, and I will send grass in thy field uh, for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. So what is the Lord talking about here? That latter rain, that pouring out, that promise that the Lord gives us, the promise of eternal life, the promise of the filling of the Holy Spirit, being baptized by fire. Mm -hmm. Now notice it says in 14, the former rain, which was your baptism, and then there's the latter rain. Mm -hmm. um, tell everybody, Sarah, what you discovered as far as the flood was concerned. That was awesome. She brought something to my attention that we were dealing with. Do you remember? Uh, Yeah, let me, let me find it in the... I mean, you don't remember? Oh, yeah, I remember, but I wanted to, to <laughs> correlate the scripture with it as well. Uh, anyways, I guess it doesn't matter. But uh, so I was doing uh, researching, doing my own study about the flu, the, the flu, the flood. <laughs> and um, here it is. Here it is. Uh, so I was reading in Job 38, and when I read this verse, uh, it just, I guess the Lord clicked the light on for me. So Job 38, 8. Um, or who hath shut up the sea with the doors when it break forth as it had issued out of the womb. And it never dawned on me at that point that uh, the womb, we you know when a child is pregnant for 40 weeks, that um, it's consumed in water for those 40 weeks. And then when it's time to be brought forth, the water breaks. And then the child is brought forth. So just like the flood, you know, uh, those 40 days of rain. 40 days wow. of rain. And right then, on. you know, once they, you know, once the Lord had brought them thus far, the water broke. It went back. And, you know, he commanded to go here, go here. And it went back. And so a woman being pregnant is the symbolization of you being brought forth. It's almost you know, like a rebirth. Moment. Yeah. You know, and Sarah picked that up. And I picked up something too concerning that. If that firmament is real then that would be the womb. Yeah. <laughs> that would be what would be around. When they said the heavens of the, you know, the fountains of the deep broke open, but then you talk about this veil or this firmament. 
when they talk about the windows of heaven. It just right. makes you wonder how awesome that is. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Because the whole earth was flooded. It wasn't just one section. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's almost like that firmament would be a wound. Yeah. yeah. There's some there because it's like you watch all these movies and they, you know, they, they go up in space or so they go, you That's know, like from, from Earth to space mm -hmm. and they, they get there, something happens and there's a vacuum and next thing they get sucked out of it and it's like, well, how come when you're up there and you went through air, why doesn't the vacuum just suck out all our air from here? You know? <laughs> what, exactly. What, what keeps it from staying here? You know, when you got there, it's a vacuum, but when you're here, it's not. You know? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. It's yeah. just like, to me, it's so weird, and it's like there's no explanation for it, but apparently in movies, it, it, it's perfectly clear. Exactly. They try and tell that to the <laughs> unlearned. That's a good point. Yeah. That's an mm -hmm. awesome revelation. People that don't get it. Um, yeah. From here, we're going to go to Joel 1. Joel chapter 1. That's um, the Minor Prophets. But yeah, I mean, you know, you read this book, then the Lord will give you understanding. Just like we did with that whole thing with Enoch. Remember the, um, they were talking about the courses of the moon? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, sometimes in certain months or certain times of a month, she goes her own particular course. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, you know, that sounds like, you know. <laughs> we women. Yeah. <laughs> I also think at times that... It a woman being pregnant is just a reminder of the flood, too. It's, it's the Lord, you know, giving us that reminder oh, yeah. of what it was like because he said he would never flood the earth again. Well, yeah. Let's see what I... Now I'm looking for Joel. I believe this. I'll find it. Got to be somewhere in these little prophets. Nahum, Habakkuk. After yeah. Hosea. They took that one out. Huh? After Hosea. It is. It must be real small. It's like it's tiny. Right after Hosea. I thought I had it there, and then it just vanished. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're at Joel. Oh, yeah. One? Yeah. Okay. Joel, verse one. And it says... <laughs> Uh, the word of the Lord that came uh, to Joel, the son of uh, Pethio, Pethuel, uh, hear this, ye old man, and give ear, uh, all, uh, all, he inhabit all ye inhabitants of the land have this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers. Tell ye, tell ye your, your children of it, and let your children tell them, tell their children and their children another generation uh, that that which the palmer worm have left uh, have left hath the locust eaten and that which the locust hath, have left hath the canker worm eaten and that which the canker worm had left uh, the caterpillar eaten awake ye drunkards and weep and howl all ye drinkers of wine because of the new wine for it is cut off from your mouth. Now, understand this too. The palmer worm, the canker worm, yeah, they are, um, this is kind of like the metamorphosis of a caterpillar or whatever, but it's also speaking of demonic oppression. Remember in the times in the Bible when the locusts came in, they didn't leave anything standing. Okay, they destroyed all crops, you name it. They wiped everything out. So this right here would be considered our enemy. You know, the demonic uh, attacks against us. But notice in 5, it says, Awake ye drunkards, and weep, and howl, 
O ye drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. Now this again is speaking of an old and a new. You remember how Jesus said, I will not put good wine into an old wine vessel, but he needed the new vessel for the new wine. I think he said the old vessel would break. The old bottle would break. So, you know, this even talks about a filling of the Holy Ghost because if we were to accept the new wine in this old vessel, you wouldn't be able to handle it. It'd be too much for you. That's why the Lord takes a little bit out of us at a time until we're matured enough to carry that spirit like the Lord had to do with the disciples. Now, I'm not saying now some will say, well, well, you know, you get the Holy Ghost and you're baptized. You do. But the point is, is that you get a filling of the Holy Ghost after you've been baptized. That's what the sanctification is for. The areas of your body or yourself that the Lord doesn't rule in your life, those are the things that he eventually takes over. Like me, I couldn't bounce anymore. Now I'm just a greeter for a hotel, you know? I couldn't do that anymore. How am I going to rough people up on Sunday, I mean on Saturday night? And I'm talking about, oh, praise the Lord, you know, whatever. <laughs> and someone will say, yeah, I know your teacher. He beat me up last night, you know, so I couldn't do that. You could flip it on there. Well, you were, or you were saying you were being... You know. No, exactly, you know, but I, I had to get out of that, you know. And I mean, that was something that the Lord took out of my life. There were things I used to do that he moved, you know, so we'll all get there. I mean, he's working on everybody, yep. you know. We should never be so comfortable and, ah, I'm here. No, you haven't arrived. You know, you might have gotten the Holy Ghost and you accept salvation, but let the Lord now really do some stuff in you. Exactly. Give him all control. Uh, verse 6, For a nation has come up upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he hath the cheek, uh, teeth of a great lion. He hath laid my wine, I mean my vine waste, and barked my fig tree, uh, he that he hath made it clean bare and cast it away, the branches thereof are made white. Lament like a virgin girdled with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of the Lord. The priest of uh, the Lord's ministers mourn. So this is talking about the rough times in Israel. The canker worms got in, the caterpillar, the palmer worms, you know, the locust. They got in. Now they are slowly destroying the land. Okay, so this is this can even be talked about those that we fight against, you know, as far as certain types of sins, certain types of things that are going on, mm -hmm. you know, laws and things that are being promoted. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, 10. Uh, the field is wasted, uh, the land mourneth, for the corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up, the oil languisheth. So what's languishing here? The new wine, lacking of the Holy Ghost, and the uh, uh, the oil, the anointing. Mm -hmm. You know, now you got people jumping in the office talking about, I've been anointed by God, and they don't even know God. Right. You, got, you know how many pastors never been born again? Mm -hmm. Sitting there in congregations giving you seminary teaching, and that's all they know. But they don't know the Lord themselves. They have no relationship. Uh, Eleven. Be ye ashamed, O ye husbandmen, howl, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the of the field is perished. The vine is dried up. Now you know the vine is the body. Mm -hmm. Remember, he said, "I am the vine, and you are the branches." So this is the vine. You know, the body of Christ is dying here, mm -hmm. dried up. 
and the fig tree languisheth, meaning you don't even know what time it is. There's no fruit bearing. Remember how he talked about in season that the fig tree would show his figs in the book of Revelation? Well, now you don't even have that. So the people are not even aware of what time they're in. This is right. what we're seeing right now. Exactly. Isn't that twice a year for the fig tree? Mm hmm huh. Yeah. And, I mean, people don't even know. I mean, it's just like, and that's a good, good point by Martin, the fig tree, twice a year. You know, that would even speak of a former and a latter. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. All right. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. <laughs> And even all the trees of the field are withered because joy is withered away from the sons of men. Now, why is joy withered away from the sons of men? Because they don't have the Holy Ghost. Yeah, they don't have the Lord. Mm -hmm. Period. You know, these are people that are doing what they do. No Lord. How people are so beat down with depression and other things going on. You got to be rooted and grounded in the Lord. This is why when people hear about their finances and other things going wrong in their lives... You know, and we sit there like, hey, man, trust in the Lord. You know, because he's our root and our anchor. But these people, are, I've tried praying. I'm not doing that anymore because they don't know him. They're like, they, I just prayed. Nothing happened. Like, it's not that. It's like, yeah, it's exactly. not going to happen instantly. Right. Or because you didn't believe. You exactly. know, it's like. I actually know somebody who is like, you know, I try and talk to her about the Lord. She claims to be a Christian. And it's just like she's going through some stuff. And I talk to her and I interject things here and there so I don't totally like Put you away. can't combat religion with religion. That's and for sure. so I interject stuff here and there when I feel like the Holy Spirit tells me to. And she just, she won't say anything. You know, she, and I, and I know it pricks she her. Knows you're right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I know it pricks her, but it's just like, you know, come on, man, come out of that. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> a lot of those seeds out there. Yeah, that's exactly. right. It'll yeah. stick in the yeah. fertile <laughs> land <laughs> and grow fruit. That's yeah. right. That's right. I mean, that's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, Thirteen, gird yourselves and lament, ye priests, howl, uh, ye ministers of the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, uh, ye ministers of my God, for the meat offering and the drink offering is withholden from the house of your God. You see this. No meat, no drink. Mm -hmm. You know, no baptism, no Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. uh, 14. Sanctify ye a fast. Now, this is how the Lord is telling you how to get back. Sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God. And cry unto the Lord at last for the day. For the day of the Lord is at hand. And as a destruction from the Almighty shall it, shall it come. It is not the meat cut off before our eyes. Oh, is not the meat cut off before our eyes. Yea, joy and gladness from the house of our God. You know, it's kind of like, don't you see things drying up? <laughs> don't you see things are getting bad with kids? Can't you tell we're in a worse state than ever? And you got people that still won't cry out to God. They still don't know what time they're in. So this is all they're saying, uh, 17. The seed is rotten under the clods. Uh, the garners are laid desolate. The barns are broken down, for the corn is withered. So there's no growth. There is no um, abundance. There's nothing there to sustain them. The sustenance is gone, yeah. Another thing that we can notice just living here is that every year it rains less and less, and every summer it gets hotter and hotter. Yeah. 
not just that. The economy's getting worse and worse. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it seems like the wages are getting higher and higher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true. It, it even seems like with the weather, like the summer's longer now. Because yeah. it's, it's dry till September, October. That's then, right. You know, and it didn't used to be. And that's why last week when Elijah, you know, when it says that the rain was shut up because Ahab and Jezebel were running, mm -hmm. you know, um, Israel. The funny thing is Elijah was able to eat and sustain himself too. Mm -hmm. But notice the well dried up and everything, so he had to go. See, the Lord did that because the Lord's like, yeah, I'm sustaining you now because we're dealing with this time. But you're not going to get comfortable to where you stop working for me. Exactly. Don't think you're just going to sit here and eat. You know, I'll dry all this up, make it miserable, mm -hmm. so you can go out and do what I tell you to do. John Water, it's three pounds away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Go to Nineveh. Yeah, it's in there. It's true. While you're there, minister. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Here's some seeds. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, 18. How do the beasts groan? Or the herd of cattle are perplexed because they have no pasture. Yea, the flocks of sheep are made desolate. Now remember, um, in Deuteronomy 11, 11, Moses was talking about this. Mm -hmm. Remember he said, you would have this, you would have that, if you hearken unto his voice. Yep. Guess what? They didn't. Mm -hmm. 19. O Lord, to thee will I cry, for the fire hath devoured the pastures of the, of the wilderness, and uh, the flame hath burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field cry also unto thee, for the rivers of waters are dried up, and the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness. Hmm. You see that going on right now. Um, let's see, two. And then it says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for as it is nigh at hand. It's at the door now, if it was then. Mm -hmm. um, two, this is also prophecy. Uh, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread uh, upon the mountains. A great people and a strong, and a strong, <laughs> uh, there have uh, not been ever uh, the like. Neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. And people got to understand, the day of the Lord, everybody can't wait to see Jesus come back. We better make sure we're born again. Mm -hmm. This is not a day of, you know, joy unless you're on his side. Right, you know, because true. one thing I looked at in Revelation 13, just a quick point, but they talked about the mark of the beast. You know how everybody says, well, I don't want to take the mark of the beast. Well, guess what? That's not the only thing to accept. It says the mark of the beast, the number, the name of the beast, or the number of his name, or, or, or. So you can take one of the three. Go ahead, Jay. It's crazy that you brought that up. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm a few months back on Facebook, somebody mm -hmm. had posted about something similar with, like, paying with your debit card, mm -hmm. and the motion they were making was supposed to do the 666. Really? Yeah. And, and that's that was like your code. That's how they knew it was going to pay or whatever. Mm -hmm. If I find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, I'd be interested like, to see that for sure. We could even post it on the site if anything. Yeah. Like Martin and I were it, talking it about pretty, a column for that stuff. It, yeah, It was pretty creepy, pretty mm -hmm. scary. But you see, the, the name of the beast, not just the mark, the name. Right. Are you under that title? Are you Antichrist? Are you living like the Antichrist? 
or the number of his name. You are man, man, man. You were just a man, not God conscious. Don't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it ain't just a mark. If you have the name of the beast, which is his title, or the number of his name, it's all the same. Exactly. You know, so that's the oops, that's the thing we gotta think about though, deal with. But uh let's see, where am I? Uh three. A fire devoureth uh, before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and the horsemen shall they run. Um, so shall they run. Uh, like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face, uh, the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. Uh, they shall run like mighty men. They shall, uh, they shall climb uh, the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one on his, on his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. Um, some people think that because these palmer worms, canker worms, the description of them was kind of like, um, you know, what you would see in Revelation 9 when they talked about the opening of the abyss. They were also talking about this army that Joel was naming. They were saying how it would be like those giants. And I believe they'll be. When that abyss is open, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to run out. But right here, they're not talking about them. I believe they're talking about the, the armies of God. That this is the army that he plans to stand up in the last days. Just before his coming back when all right. these things take place. But it does say that he's coming back at this point. But his people are going to be in battle array. His armies. You know, they're going to be prepared to go into battle. Mm -hmm. Some people have different views on this. They think this is the giants. When they talk about <laughs> them running, climbing, and breaking through stuff. You know, I mean... Um, I don't know that people can have their different opinions, you know, one may fit both, but I believe this is the army of God, because it says in seven, they shall run like mighty men, they shall climb of the wall like men of war, and they shall march every one on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks, neither shall one thrust another, they shall walk every one in his path, and when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. I believe this is the army of God. Yeah. You know, that they're talking about. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. The more you read. But it also, you know, if you just read straight through it, it sounds like the giants do. Yeah. Like they'd be running wild and, you know. So what are the, the ranks in 7 talks about? And they shall not break their ranks. Like they'll be in order. Like the same way you have military rank and command structure. Like everything that you don't see with the church now. Now you got like, you know. People that don't even know God leading sermons and stuff like that, you know. Everyone would fall in order. There'll be no Pentecostalism. You know, there'll be no Baptist. There'll be no Methodist. There'll be no Catholic. There'll be, you know, well, uh, yeah. Everything will just be, you know, like tightly knit. They're all apostles, pastors, teachers, prophets, and evangelists. They'll all be the body doing the work of the Lord, wow. you know, in one accord. One accord. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, verse 9. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. 
of the earth shall quake before them, the heaven shall tremble, of the sun and moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. Now remember, this is supposed to come back before Jesus comes. Remember 1 Thessalonians 4, we're supposed to meet with him in the clouds. You know, um, uh, what's his name? Jude prophesied and Enoch that the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. Mm -hmm. Now remember, so I believe that these are those saints. You know, when he comes back, remember the sky and everything is supposed to get dark yeah. for this grand entrance. You know, when he comes in, grand finale. So I believe that this is what's playing forth on the day of the Lord when the armies of God will be there too. You know, um, like a thief. Because remember, they said the Lord cometh like a thief in the night. Jesus gave a parable like this in Matthew 24. Yep. The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, see? And his camp is very great, for he is strong that, that executeth his, his word, uh, for the day of the Lord is great. And very terrible, and who can abide it? Therefore, uh, therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with, with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. So he's saying, turn your heart to me. You want to be a part of this army. Mm -hmm. uh, 13, and rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord uh, your, your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him uh, of the evil. So what we understand here is, you know, Lord saying, man, don't get mad. You know, just join the ranks. You want to you want to break something? <laughs> break your heart so I can give you a new one. Mm -hmm. Take away that stone so I can give you a heart of flesh so you can follow me. Exactly. You can't follow the Lord with a stony heart. He even said, many will proclaim him but their hearts are far from him. So there'll be many that will talk his name, but their, their heart is nothing like God. Yep. Okay, um, 14. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even the meat offering um, and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, Assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breast. Uh, let let the bridegroom go forth uh, of his chamber, and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests and ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to a reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Now, if we're not hearing that today, I mean, everybody's asking the same question. No. Uh, we're in Joel um, chapter 2. Oh, hey, guys. thought it was just Erica's turn. you getting ready to pop. Right. Yeah, we're in uh, Joel chapter 2. Um, we've been talking about the latter rain, you know, and everything, how what's shutting it up, why is it not flowing, kind of a continuation from last week. So we're in Joel chapter 2, and we'll start at the 17th verse. 
But one thing we're hearing today is, where is your God? You know, this is why they keep, you know, placing all these rules about homosexuality. This is where, you know, you find that Christians don't have rights to do things. This is why, you know, you have people that are so afraid to speak the Lord's name in public. You know, they're always asking this question, where is your God? You know, if he was big to you, then he would be here. So they're, they're tempting him, you know, making him angrier and angrier by doing the things that they're doing. So the Lord is, you know, getting ready to make a move. So we'll read 17 again, verse 17, and it says, Let the priests and ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is your God? So this is when the heathen rules, he likes to tempt God. Verse 18, then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Uh, yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil. So he'll sustain you, you know, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost, and he'll place his anointing on you. That's what this means. And ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no uh, more uh, make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove far off uh, from you the northern army, and will drive him into the land barren and desolate, with his face toward the east sea, and uh, his hinder, his hinder part toward the utmost sea, and his stink shall come up, and his ill savor shall come up, because he hath done great things. Fear not, O land; be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. It says, um, Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do uh, spring, uh, for the tree beareth her fruit, and fig tree and the wine uh, do yield their strength. So this is where the Lord is getting us back together. Everything on one accord. Uh, 23. This is Joel uh, 23. Be glad then, ye, there, uh, the, ye children of Zion, and rejoice uh, in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So this, again, what we see now, the land is being blessed. The people have turned their hearts to the Lord and not to Jezebel, not to Baal, not to the devil, you know. And he's going to bring forth the former rain and the latter rain. The former rain, again, can be your baptism. The latter rain is the baptism of fire. This is the revival. This is what we've been waiting for. This is when we've gone too far with the enemy and he thinks that he's got us. This is what happened to Samson. Samson experienced the former rain where he had the seven spirits of God. He followed a harlot. He had them clipped. Those seven um, spirits of God grew back. And that was the latter rain. That was the final thing that God had to do for Samson to end the war. Now remember, he had a lad lead him, a young boy. Why? Because it took a younger generation to lead the church. Samson himself is a type of church. So with that being said, you know, there's always examples of the former reign and the latter reign. And this is what we're waiting for. This is what we're preparing for, is a latter reign. We just have to make sure we're ready. Because when the sons of God manifest, like it says in Romans chapter 8, Believe me, people are going to come against us. 
But we have to be prepared in the Lord mm -hmm. to have his spirit because he's getting ready to make things happen. Uh, 24. And the floor shall be full of wheat and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. You see that? There's that wine and oil. There's that spirit filling. There's that anointing. Uh, 25. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty uh, and satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously uh, with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God. And none else, and my and my people shall never be ashamed. You can get some water over there. There's um, uh, uh, twenty-eight. Uh, twenty-eight. And it shall come to pass afterward uh, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams. Remember that. Uh, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days I will pour out my spirit, and I will shew wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord. Now mind you, that day is terrible. That's not a great day. <coughs> Even for a believer, you're going to be somewhat afraid. Mm -hmm. You're going to rejoice for his coming, absolutely. But as a believer, you know, we have to make our calling and our election sure. We can't wait till, ne till then to figure it out. Right. We got to know that we're like him. Uh, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliver deliverance. And the Lord hath said in the remnant um, whom the Lord shall call. See, so here's this remnant. The Lord always saves a remnant. No matter what the enemy wants to do to us, no matter what the enemy tries to do, just because you're talking about the truth in the Lord and about false, uh, you know, doctrine, false holidays, everything, you know, you may seem like the only one that's doing it, but the Lord has saved a remnant of 7,000 that will not bow the knee to Baal. Mm -hmm. Paul prophesied that and so did Elijah. So that's something that we have to uh, be sure of. Well, I want to make a couple of other points. What time is it? Martin knows. It's 8.40. Okay, 8.40. All right, we got time. Um, let's go to Job. What's that? Uh, let's go to Job uh, 29. <coughs> 29? Yeah. Job 29, we'll start at the first verse. You're going to hear a similar story here. So I always remember where Psalm is. I'll just go to like, you know, make sure it's even. Bam, you're there. 
Job 29, start at the first verse. Moreover, Job continued um, uh, his parable and said, Oh, that I were in the months past, as the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me, when I washed my steps with butter, and the rock poured me out rivers of oil. See, so he's remembering a time when the anointing of the Lord was upon him, when that Lord was the candlestick that led his life. Now, we all can remember a time we were stronger with the Lord, or maybe this is the strongest point we've been with the Lord, but you can all remember a time when you weren't as strong. Mm -hmm. So this is what he's talking about. Seven, when I went out uh, to the gate through the city, when I prepared my seat in the street, the young men saw me and hid themselves, and the aged arose and stood up. Now, isn't it funny? You got the young people, just like today, don't want to get into this. You try and get young people in. Kids hate church. Kids hate to hear about this stuff. Now, you got a younger generation, too, that's clinging to this. But notice he says, um, they hid themselves, and the aged arose and stood up. Now, what's happening? You got the older people that don't want to hear this. This is when the anointing was upon him. You had traditionalists that wanted nothing to do with him. You know, didn't want to hear that. Well, I remember the way that we did it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And you'll say, yeah, well, you know, the day of the Lord and this and that. And they'll say, look, I don't see no salvation in this. So what's your definition of salvation? Acting like a fool, putting on a good time, dancing, clapping your hands and your feet with an entertainer up front telling you lies? I mean, but this is what a lot of people get into. Well, this is what he's saying. Um, verse 9. The princes refrained talking and laid their hand on their mouth. You see? So they didn't even want to be involved. Who are the princes? The rulers. Okay? They're not even going to talk about what's wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, Ten. The nobles held their peace. Mm -hmm. And their tongue cleaved to the roof of their mouths. Why? They don't want to be bothered either. Okay? They're not showing the other people the way. Eleven. When the ear heard me, uh, then it blessed me. And when the eye saw me, it gave witness to me, because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless. So look at that, the poverty stricken and the, and the fatherless, and him that had none to help him. See, these are the people that we should be going after, the broken, uh -huh. not the ones that are so full of pride, they want nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, 13, and these are the people that Jesus healed and looked after, 13. The blessing of him that was ready to perish uh, came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. So he's even looking after the widow. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. Uh, my judgment was as a robe and a, a diadem. I don't know what that is. But, oh, a diadem is like a head um, thing, like a turban. turban. Yeah, oh, okay. right. Oh, I thought of yeah. Dress, maybe. Right. I thought about that from a man. Like, wait a minute. I do know what a diadem is. Uh, Fifteen, and um, I was eyes to the blind and feet to to eye to the lame, and was a father to the poor and and the cause which I knew not. I searched out. And I break the jaws of the wicked and pluck the spoil out of the out of his teeth. 
So in other words, it was kind of like he, even the wicked couldn't even speak bad. He he took them down, you know, had them talking righteous by saying, pluck the spoil out of his teeth. So this guy became righteous. Like, you know, in other words, somebody's got a real filthy mouth and you, hey man, you need to do something about that mouth. More importantly, you need to know the Lord. <laughs> you know, when you see people, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we had a kid in one of the safe rooms today, and I'm sitting there with with him, and he was saying all kinds of stuff, and then he started to taking the Lord's name in vain, and mm -hmm. I just kept checking him on it every mm -hmm. time. Right. And eventually, like he stopped. Right. But he would say everything else. Right. So. Yeah, you see, but I mean, you know, a lot of us Christians, man, we're scared to correct people. Because we don't want to get in trouble, but hey, you know, this is it. Uh, 18. Then I said, I shall die uh, in my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the sand. So he's talking about an outpouring of growth. My root was spread out uh, by the waters, and the dew lay all night upon my branch. Uh, my glory was fresh in me, and my bow uh, was renewed in my hand. So he's talking about that filling of the Holy Ghost, being refreshed, 11, I mean, 21. Uh, unto me men gave ear and waited and kept silence at my counsel. Uh, after my words, uh, they spake not again, and my speech dropped upon them. And they waited for me as for the rain, and they opened their mouth wide as for the latter rain. So what happened? These people heard Job. They heard the truth of the Lord. And what did they do? They got prepared for the latter rain. They opened their mouths to receive the rain. That latter rain, the Holy Ghost, the outpouring, mm -hmm. the baptism by fire. Jesus says, I am the living water. You know, so he said, out of my belly will flow. Rivers out of his belly will flow, uh, what, rivers of life? Water. Livers, rivers of living water, right. Um, let's see. So here we go again with the latter rain, 24. If I laughed on them, they believed it not, and the light of my countenance not cast not down. I mean, they cast not down. 25. I chose out their way and sat chief and dwelt as a king in the army as one that comforted the mourners. So again, he's talking about this latter rain. Those who didn't want to receive it, notice they were the old and whomever. Mm -hmm. Those that, you know, they've been around forever, they know so much. You can't tell them anything. That's what we're experiencing right now. I don't know how many parents have cast their kids out because their kids don't fall in line with their religious traditions. Mm -hmm. You got the old and you have the very young that don't even want to be in this. But there are some that are going to hear. There's a generation raised up and there'll be some of us that are like children in the wilderness mm -hmm. during this time that the Lord had preserved. Remember like Caleb? Caleb and Joshua wanted to go into the land when everybody turned back. Well, they, they, they were 80 years old, still fighting, you know, like they were in their 40s when they were young men. And when they were ready to go into that promise 40 years later. So some of us will be children of the wilderness that will sit around and hear all this church stuff, all this stuff that they're going through. But we know the truth. When the Lord gets ready to tell us, hey, let's get going. We're going to get going. Why? Because we're not confounded to this world. We don't have the mindset of religion. We're not seeking to try and bring people into tradition and right. rituals and all this stuff. We're following the Lord. And we all know about the end times in here. We all know that this, this world is wrong. 
We're not trying to peacefully coexist with the devil. We're trying to do the will of the Lord. Right. And that's what's most important. Getting to know him. Forget about rituals. I don't mind going to church, but let the church present the truth. Man, tell me what's going on in this world and how I can get stronger with the Lord. You can spare me this because I can read this for myself. But I need to know the truth. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm just. No, I was going to say, uh, we're trying to break free from it. All that stuff that they're doing. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Jeremiah 3. So, I mean, if anybody has any questions of what I'm talking about or whatever, I mean, you know, this is the time to ask. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything that maybe, you know, I'm saying I'm not clear on. <coughs> it is really something how, how Jesus pretty much only did things for the poor and the people that really... <laughs> didn't have much yeah yeah and those are the people that we ignore every day i mean there are some of them we give stuff to you know i, I walk around and i give but man i have to i have to admit it i mean i'm not on them like i should be i could bring them food i can give them money you know but sometimes my consciousness is not just there now of course we've all done good things i mean you know but well these are the people that need jesus those that are broken we gotta look back at like the that rich young ruler or was the, the the wealthy young man that uh, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus asked him to sell all of his things and follow him. And he just we just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Away or yeah. ran away or something. That's yeah. what I mean. Like minded man. It's like you know these stories all come back, and it's like yeah these um, people man. And, and we did the Matthew thirteen about the parables about the sower. The yeah. things that hold them back, some of them, you know, they don't understand. So when the devil comes, he wipes them away. Then you, the right, right. We just went over that to start the lesson, so that's okay. cool. Can yeah. I say something real quick? No, no, but good. good. <laughs> I'm teasing. I guess that also uh, another way of looking at not just because you know, of course, the Lord went to the poor and the needy uh, because they needed they needed him just as much as everyone else does. But mm. if you think about it. They had nothing to lose but their souls. They didn't have a house. They didn't have fancy this and fancy that. You know. Well, the world more, forsake them, right? Right. They were like the example of what not to be like when the Lord says, hey. It, you know what's the marvelous, marvelous thing about the Lord is that he doesn't just take something that already has. He doesn't go after the seminary guys. Mm -hmm. They know too much for their own good. Now, I'm not speaking against it, but... Like, I'll give you an example. We talked this week about the death, burial, and res resurrection of Jesus Christ. And um, we were talking about how, you know, out of Jesus' side ran blood and water when he was pierced with the spear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody was talking about how, um, oh, yeah, well, because his side was pierced, uh, it was a lung, and I think it was his heart. And that's where the blood and water flowed out. My question is, never mind the medical term, do you even understand what it meant? What it was about? The fact that it was the blood. Remember Jesus said, if you drink of my blood and you eat of my um you eat of my flesh and drink of my my blood, you know, the, the water was the spiritual cleansing. The blood, I mean the blood was the cleansing, you know, and the water was the baptism. These are this is the offering of the Holy Ghost. Remember, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then it's what? The water, the 
whatever the water, the the earth, the water, and the blood, or something like that. But it's in um the spirit, the water, the blood, and the spirit. Spirit, the blood, or what? Yeah. Right. I mean, the water and the blood. But with that, you know, that's what that signified. More importantly, remember in Deuteronomy, no, it was in Exodus when the rock was struck. Mm -hmm. When he told Moses to strike the rock, and he said, "Water will flow from me." So that was even something that was going on back then that carried on till now. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like a dual prophecy almost for what would come. Remember, Jesus is the rock. He's the rock. He's the chief cornerstone. So when Moses struck the rock and the water flowed from it, you know, that was the outpouring of the spirit. That was him nourishing them. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you got a lot of seminary guys. Hmm, you know, it looks like. He was pierced, and I would imagine there's a lot of water in the lung. And, and forget all of that. You know, what is it saying? But these people are so into their hermeneutics, apologetics, and all this stuff. That got nothing. To, who invented that? Name one time Jesus named an apologetic here. Jesus said what he needed to say, exactly. and he got things done. Exactly. Okay? He spoke boldly. Everything he, yeah, everything he did is. It's something beyond what we're able to do on our right. own. <laughs> right. But they tried it. Like even Paul. Paul was seminary educated. Paul said, those things that I learned from men, they did nothing for me. It was when he met the Lord on the road of Damascus and got a filling of the spirit and understanding. Then Paul came back preaching Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, so everyone likes to use Paul, but Paul uses the example, I didn't know anything then. I might have been able to tell you who Zacharias was. I might have memorized the whole Old Testament. But the fact of the matter is, I wasn't even close to the Lord. I didn't know him. I didn't have the revelation and understanding I have now. And the only way you receive revelation is through relationship. Mm -hmm. This book will come to life in you if, you if you read it. And you let the Holy Ghost be your teacher. I'm not saying that others can't teach you. There's an anointing on teachers, pastors, apostles, and things like that. But... You know, the Lord never, what, what the point I was making about how marvelous he is, he can take dirt and make it into something. Mm -hmm. We want to start with gold and probably add a little silver, and then we can put some diamonds on it, and I think we can put two rubies for the eyes. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Jesus can take something, nothing, and make it into something. He gets more glory that way. Mm -hmm. You'll have an army of 10,000 come against you. He'll tell you, man, you know, you come with 10,000. He'll say, uh-uh, that's too many people. Take a rib and make it. You're like, well, Lord, how many? Get rid of the first, you know, the first 8,000. You know, then we'll test the other, you know, 800 and see what they'll do. Oh, all right, you're down to 300? Perfect. Now, now we got enough. Let's go. Why? Because if I fight you at the same level you fight me, then you can say, well, it was evenly matched and we did one or two things better. But if you got a few people versus an army, then that shows the world that your God is God. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. That's where the glory comes in. Never does it easy. Never. He's like Bruce Lee, you know. Oh, how many of you? Hey, y'all better call some more before I get started out here, you know. He's the Lord. The easy way sometimes is just the, if that's actually actually kind of a simple way to do it. It's true. It's true. I mean, something's. Mm -hmm. No, it's true, but as far as the Lord, man, he's an awesome God. But all right, Jeremiah 3, we'll start at verse 1. They say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Shall not that land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, 
yet return to me, return to me, saith the Lord. Like, in other words, you know, they were out there whoring around. Anybody can even imagine the person they love out there messing around on them. And you want to come back to me? <laughs> it's like, you know what? Pack your stuff. <laughs> you know, but the Lord can forgive. So I'm not saying he can't. But right. the point is, is this is the anguish in the heart of the Lord that's saying this. Man, you went out there and you messed around on me and now you want to come back? But look what he says. And um, he says, shouldn't the land be greatly polluted? So in other words, we have to keep ourselves right with him. But look at uh, verse 2. Lift up thine eyes unto the high places and see where thou hast been lying with. So the Lord can even tell me, yeah, look at the yoga you were doing. Look at all the Buddha you bowed down to to learn martial arts and all this other stuff. I think <laughs> <laughs> she said, the fat the guy. Fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> lying with. And then he says, Buddhism. Oh, Buddha. Yeah, we got a teaching on that. I think you guys missed that one, actually, the first one. I was probably asleep. <laughs> in, the, um, in the middle of verse 2, it says, In the ways hast thou uh, sat for them as the Arabian in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withholding, and there hath been no latter rain, and thou hast a whore's forehead uh, that refuseth to be ashamed. So again, we talked about last week, this whore's forehead. No shame. You think like a whore. You dress like a whore. No shame. You'll come out totally naked. You know, they got thongs and stuff now in public. I guess the next thing is just a rope up your butt. You know, this is what they're doing. It's like, no shame. This is what people are doing. But, you know, and it's like, that's a whore's forehead. So he's saying... That the latter rain is being withholding. This is why you're not seeing miracles in church and things. Why? <laughs> because people are held up. <laughs> you know, forgive me. I'm not trying to be vulgar, but it's just, they you know. Yeah, well, pretty much that. And everything else. <laughs> That's what you just said. <laughs> but it's like, you know, because of the whoredoms, you know, because of the know, things. No, I know. <laughs> But I mean, you know, after a while, coming out naked will be the norm. Yeah. I mean, what's next? You're already undressed. <laughs> Nothing well, they, on. They pretty much already allow, especially here, when the different events they have oh, where yeah. you can just not wear anything. Like the naked bike ride. That. And yeah. We have two naked vineyard things you guys talked mm. about. Oh, last the week. naked winery. Yeah. The naked winery. And so. Yeah, so this is what's going on. And this is what he means by the horse forehead. This is why they're not. there's not an outpouring of the Holy Ghost because the church itself is forsaking God. Mm -hmm. You can't have a yoga studio downstairs and call yourself a Christian in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't call yourself a man of God. And, and you know, I'm going to say this. I know it may rub a lot of people wrong. You can't be a pastor knowing all about this stuff celebrating <coughs> Easter. Okay, Easter, we broke that down. That's Ishtar. That's Isis. That's Semiramis. That's got nothing to do with our God. Exactly. So this, this is the type of whoredom that the Lord's talking about. But, uh, read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. Mm -hmm. These are things that, you know, the Lord is bothered by. And he's provoked to anger. Now, I know this has been tradition for us, but we still got to recognize what we're doing and who we're doing it to. He holds us responsible for this stuff. There's nothing wrong with having a Sunday dinner. You know what? That should be any ordinary day. Mm -hmm. That should be a normal Sunday with your family. We eat the ham because Tammuz was killed by a boar. Okay? So we're taking vengeance on the ham by eating it. We, we covered that study. Mm -hmm. 
There's a lot of things that we're doing that has nothing to do with it. It's all Isis and Tammuz. Tammuz, the sun god, not the son of God. The Catholic Church gave us this doctrine. It's false. Mm -hmm. You know, they, if you go according to what they say, Good Friday, Jesus was gone in two days. You know, where it tells you clearly that that Saturday, Sunday morning, it was still dark when Mary Magdalene came. He was already gone. Mm -hmm. You know, so there had to be another day. And some people say, well, Easter's in the King James Bible. It sure is. And it was one. the pagan Herod <laughs> that was holding, who was it? John, John the Baptist yeah. in prison for that time period because he was worshiping Easter. The Bible spoke the Passover was before Easter. But why is it that, okay, we want to celebrate the Lord's Day. How come nobody in church celebrates Passover, mm -hmm. but everybody celebrates Easter? Isn't there something kind of wrong with that when the Passover was spoken of again and again and again? But what do we do? We go into, you know, no, Easter. You know why? Satan's holidays are fun. See, God's holidays are about worshiping God. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, you know, Yom Kippur, you know, all these other days where we get to worship and, and fellowship with the Lord. And I'm not pushing anybody back under the law. I'm just saying that <coughs> if you're going to pick a day to worship, pick one of those. Those are holy days. The others are helly days. But notice Satan's days are fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, you get nice presents for Christmas and, you know, all that. You get to dress up like your favorite goblin or superhero when that's the most wicked satanic day on the sat satanic ritual abuse calendar. You know, all these other things. But see, Satan makes his world entertaining, mm -hmm. fun. Why? He wants you in the here and now. As a Christian, we're trying to transcend time and space. We got to get our minds out of here. Exactly. We got to be one with the Lord. Now, that's not easy to do, but I'm just saying, that's the goal. It's funny how the Bible mentions the Passover numerous times and only mentions Easter once. Yet they yeah. choose to... Worship Easter. Yep, Hosea 6. Real quick, we're going to wrap this up. So the, the Jews don't celebrate Easter, right? No. Okay. Well, maybe some of the Satanic <coughs> ones do, but the, no, a real, a real Israelite, real Jew will never celebrate um, Easter. They celebrate the Passover. Actually, many of the Jewish people over there in Israel do. You said 60? Um, yeah, Hosea 6. We'll start at the first verse. You know, and the only reason I'm saying this, don't get me wrong, there are times it's on the tip of my tongue and I don't want to say it. I don't. My flesh does not want to offend anybody. But then the Lord is telling me, hey, you're going to say these words the way I tell you to. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, I'm only being upfront. If you look up all these days, they go right back to Baal, right back to Moloch, right back to Babylon. You can't Christianize it. The Bible says if the foundations been be destroyed, then what can the righteous do? Exactly. You can't put a, a, a bad seed in fertile good ground. I mean, unless the Lord changes it. But you can't have a corrupt land and want to plant good seeds. It will not go. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we'll go only three uh, verses here. We'll start in verse 1. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, uh, and he will heal us. Uh, he has smitten, and he will bind us. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, uh, his going forth and prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, mm -hmm. as the latter and former rain unto the earth. 
So what is he asking us to do to be revived? This is why we need revival. Mm -hmm. When the Lord says that my words are spirit and they are life, then we have to deal with vessels that are full of spirit and of life. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they need to resuscitate others who are walking around dead. Mm -hmm. You need people with the organic gospel grown in them to preach the truth and speak life into people. Why? Because those that don't are dead vessels. Mm -hmm. They're walking around in this life not even knowing what's going on. You know? That's why the Bible says, Awake thou that sleepest, and God will give thee life. See that you walk circumspectly. Um, you know, Ephesians chapter 5. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So we have to be awake. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've seen street preaching where guys have gotten up, and they're yelling, shouting, Come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and this and that. You got a bunch of people walking by. But after a while, you start to see people like kind of snap out of a coma because this world provides you with a coma. This world comatoses you. You're walking around in a spell. But you'll see people stop and they'll start walking up. And before you know it, that person is surrounded by people talking to them yep. because they're trying to wake you up, you know, in that world you're in. All right. So from here, um, how much? What time is it? Nine o'clock? Uh, yeah, time's nine. All right, yeah, let's just go to uh, Acts. Now, remember what we read in Job, Acts, the second chapter. This is the latter rain that we're waiting for. Acts what? Uh, chapter 2. We'll start at the first verse. Remember, we've got to wake up. We are living well below our inheritance mm -hmm. in the Lord. The devil's supposed to be under our feet. You know, and this is something that, you know, we're going to all do. I'm not just speaking to anyone here. I'm speaking to myself. You know, there's things that I know I need to do. Mm -hmm. Acts is right after uh, John. Because I want this power. I want this outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And if it means I have to drop certain things to get closer to Him, then so be it. Mm -hmm. Because you can't survive without it. Right. This is power. This is real power. Uh, Acts 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven... Uh, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house there were uh, um, the house uh, where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. Now a cloven tongue would kind of be like a child speaking, dad, dad, you know, before they get out, and then you know when your tongue is matured, it's daddy, mm -hmm. you know. So this is what cloven means uh, for. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling uh, in, at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So, you know, you got a lot of churches here that they'll just, you know... I'm not speaking against speaking in tongues. I believe it's a real gift. 
But I also believe there are people that fake speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians chapter 14 talks about the rules concerning it. You need yeah. an interpreter. Yep. But the Lord had it here on the day of Pentecost when all tribes were together that they were able to hear what the Lord was saying. The only reason for this switch, okay, because remember at the Tower of Babel, the languages were confounded. Here, the Lord has taken the spell off, okay, so that people would hear each other in their language. Why? Just to preach the gospel, yep. not any of the other stuff. Right. To preach the gospel, the tongues of angels and the tongues of men. Paul spoke both. It's actually the, from what it looks like here, it looks like they're actually speaking real languages. Right. And these people that do the, the tongues and stuff like that, you, you see sometimes. No, no one knows what they're saying. They're babbling on. It's like, mm -hmm. man, it's nothing. It's not even yeah. it's not a language anywhere like that. Unless there is an interpreter. And first, right. first Corinthians 14 tells us yeah. that if you don't do that, you know, I mean, if you're going to do that, you have to have an interpreter. Yeah. If not, it's you not need to be taken out. Yeah. Because, you know, you could be saying, my name is Legion, but we are many. And no <laughs> one would know. Exactly. You know, so you have to be taken out. You don't know what spirit that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, seven. And they were all amazed and marveled, <clears throat> saying one to another, Behold, are not these which speak Galileans? You know, like in other words, they shouldn't be speaking in my language. And how here we... Uh, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus in Asia, uh, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Pamphylia, I guess, Pamphylia uh, in Egypt and in parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes. And uh, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our in our tongues and wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying uh, one to another, "What meaneth this?" So you know you had a group that was amazed. Look at thirteen, and it's funny how it's on verse thirteen. Mm -hmm. Others mocking said, "These men are full of new wine." Now see, they mocked, but they were telling somewhat the truth. Yeah, they think these guys are drunk. Yeah, they're drunk. But drunk with the Holy Ghost, the new wine, you know, not the old, not regular wine. 14, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, uh, as ye suppose. Seeing it, that's why he says, as ye suppose, they were drunk with the Holy Ghost. Seeing it seeing it is but the third hour of the day but this is which was spoken by the prophet Joel now remember we just read this and it says in 17 it shall come to pass in the last days saith God I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams now remember we read that in Joel the second chapter so this is the prophecy taking place. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out uh, in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and it will uh, shew wonders in heaven. Now everybody thinks there's a prophet. They're prophets. Most stuff people say don't come true. Right. <laughs> prophets above. Uh, and signs uh, in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. 
The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Now, Peter memorized this. Then this came straight from the Holy Ghost. If you want to know why sometimes we memorize scripture and, you know, we never rehearse, it's the Holy Ghost that's giving you that. Exactly. But Peter memorized this thing word for word. And Peter was a fisherman. There's no evidence of him even reading the scrolls mm -hmm. back then. He was supposed to be ignorant and un unlearned, just like the other people. The only educated were the Pharisees, yeah. so they say. Well, I'll be an ignorant and unlearned man. Give me the power. Exactly. I don't care. But I'll be ignorant. I'd rather raise the dead. Mm -hmm. You can have all your degrees and sit there not knowing God. Because guarantee you, you're going to believe more people are Christ by raising someone from the dead. Than you ever will off. with words. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. So how do you know a man has been approved of God? By miracles and wonders and signs. Okay, now this is not saying that you couldn't already have that, but you have to know your anointing. You have to seek the dunamis. You have to have the authority. You know, these are things that are important. And I'm not saying that you're not saved if you don't have this. This just simply means approved of God. What does approved mean? God lives through you. You lead, God leads your way. This is where the gifts and the anointing come upon you. You know, this is where you start to heal people. Why? Because the Lord is saying, approved means, oh, you're just like me. Go to work. Go do what I tell you to do. See, with us, he's got to keep us on a short leash, you know, to make sure you don't go too far. You know, but when, you, when you're approved of God, it doesn't mean that we're not approved. Approved means your mind's like mine. Go get him. You know, it's not about just having the gifts. But he's saying you will be a manifested son of God, like Christ. Mm -hmm. And see, we're going well below our inheritance. Yes, I've casted out demons, but I've never laid hands on the sick. I mean, you know, I've never tried either. But the point is, is that, you know, these gifts can live in us when we yield our vessels to the Holy Ghost. Right. You know, these are things, man. And, and you know what's funny? Some people won't think they have that anointing. We've had people, you know, have demons that are raised up on us. You know, demons manifest in the middle of some things that we did in churches. That's when the Spirit of the Lord comes on you mightily. Why? You're getting ready to do a work. The gifts of the Spirit are for war. They're not for just sitting around and knitting booties, playing checkers, having a perfect attendance in church. The, the spirits of the Lord, I mean, the, the miracles of the Lord, they are for <coughs> war. They are to take the fight to the enemy, to win souls, to do the will of God. Why should he put his Spirit on us? To do those things if we're not going to do them. That's why the Bible will tell you go. Tarry until you be endowed with power. Mm -hmm. So you go. You stay faithful. You do the things he's called you. Yes there is an anointing of being a pastor. There's an anointing of a teacher. A prophet. An evangelist. These things all come together. But I'm just saying that. You know you want to be approved of God. Where he just says go and get him. Go do it. Why? He trusts you 100%. You're not going to back out of this fight because you think like you're God. That's all I'm saying. That's approval. You know, and it's something that we all can work on. So it's not a death sentence. This is the Lord setting a standard. This is where he wants us. He wants us in that most holy place, throne room level, 
in the counsel of God. Mm-hmm. Above this life. Absolutely. Okay, uh, signs and wonders, which God did by him in, in the midst of you, and as ye yourselves also know. 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Now here we are, that, all that counsel, determinate counsel. You imagine being in the counsel of God. Like, you know, there's times even for me, I wanted to present something else tonight. You know, oh no, I got something else I want you to talk about. <coughs> all right, Lord, you got it. What am I going to say? Yeah, that's cool, but <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about something for a while now. Holy Ghost will say, go ahead and talk. Hope you like teaching by yourself. I won't be there, you know. So, um, 23. But being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. So look at what he gives you. Ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the, the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. You know. Uh, they couldn't hold, death couldn't hold the Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord came down and grabbed the keys. Then he led all those others in Abraham's bosom into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Once it was open. Well, let's see. Oh, oh, 25. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always because my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore, now, you know, oneness Pentecostalism tells you God is God expressed in three different ways. So it's the same God, but he's also Jesus Christ. He's also the Holy Ghost. So how could you be sitting up at the right hand of yourself? What sense does that make? You're going to sit up at the right hand of yourself if you don't believe in the Trinity. You, The oneness Pentecostalists, they believe that. Yeah. You know, how do you express yourself in three different ways? You're just going to multiply it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They love to push that, though. Okay, um, 26. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Now, you know the funny thing about Peter? He never spoke like this. This is a whole new Peter. This sounds like Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, 28. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy uh, with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God hath sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. So even when Christ comes back in the millennial reign, mm-hmm. he'll be sitting on the throne of David. Uh, he seeing this uh, before spake of the resurrection of Christ, uh, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath uh, God raised up, whereof we all are witnessed. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, uh, which he now see and hear, which ye now see and hear. So God prophesies it. This is what's going on. The Spirit poured out all over the earth, starting with the disciples, 34. For David is not ascended into the heavens, 
But he saith himself, The Lord saith unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. See, we're living way below our inheritance. We should be up there. Uh, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made uh, that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So this is what it's all about, repentance. You'd never believe how many pastors are sitting in that congregation before a congregation not born again. Yep. When you're born again, you're going to have somewhat the nature of Christ. This is going to be the most important thing in your life. Yep. Winning souls, doing the Lord's will, being led by the Lord. You'd be surprised how many people, 90% of the people in church are not born again. They don't know the Lord. They know religion. They know rituals. They know <coughs> all these things that they were taught. And I'm not saying that some people, yeah, there are church people that are born again. Absolutely. But what is the church? Is it a building or is it the ecclesia? Meaning what? Called out ones. Yeah. Them separated unto God. Doing the will of, the go of God. That's what it's about. You know, and this is why people will tell you, you need to be in the church. I am in the church of Christ. I can go and sit in a building, obey, you know, learn from the pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. And I can get up at the appointed time the Lord calls me to go to go heal the sick, to go minister to people out there that don't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. Pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and apostles. This is the office of Christ. These are the church. That's the church. Those are the offices. Each one of us should be in them. Mm -hmm. Now, we can be perfected to get to that level. But this is the goal, to do the work of the Lord. All right, um, 39, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God uh, shall call. And with many other words uh, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves uh, for this uh, untoward uh, generation, untoward, untowered, or I don't know, untowered generation, then they that gladly receive his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Look at this. Full of the Holy Ghost, one sermon, 3,000 souls come before the Lord. Wow. This is the goal. This is what we want. I'm not speaking down to anybody in here. We're all in this together. I can improve in so much. But this is the goal. Don't you want to be a fisher of men? Don't you want to, you know, do those kind of works? Mm -hmm. One Holy Ghost filled man, 3,000 souls gave their heart to the Lord. And with us, we're trying to get people to come to the Lord. It's like pulling teeth. You know, it's like, man, please come. No, I don't know about that. Get a real filling of the Holy Ghost. Let that anointing fall upon you and watch the, the harvest that you bring in for the Lord. Yep. All right. Um, let me finish up. I know Martin's got to get out of here. Um, 42. 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread in the prayers. 
and fear came upon every soul, and, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. You see this? Mm -hmm. And all that believed were gathered and, and had all things common. See, that's the whole truth in community. Communion. Mm -hmm. It's common unity. We did a teaching on that with the power of one. You know, it's all common unity. It's not, I believe in one saved, always saved. You believe in the rapture. I'm a oneness Pentecostalism person. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Catholic. You know, I'm a Presbyterian. No, all on one accord with the Lord. Mm -hmm. One God, one, uh, one gospel, you know, one word, one truth. Not with your truth and what you were raised in. This ain't about your tradition. This is oneness with the Lord. Exactly. That's the body of Christ. Not a denomination, a demon nation. You got to get past that. It's got to be us with the Lord. Uh, 45. And sold their possessions uh, and goods and parted them to all men. And every man had need. Look at this. They were all sharing everything they had with one another. Mm -hmm. Why? Because if I got you got, we're a body. You don't jump in the shower and just wash your hands and forget your feet and your private parts. You wash the whole body. You know, you don't just go in, yeah, feet need a little work and then step out. What sense would that make to be the rest of you unkept and you only going to keep one part? Well, at least I brushed my teeth today. You better wash your butt too. You know? Yeah. That's the first part. Exactly. 46. <laughs> 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. See that? Togetherness. Uh, praising God and having favor with all people and the Lord added to the church daily such as uh, should be saved. So, you know, that's pretty much the teaching. But the point is, is that the devil wants to make this world as entertaining as he possibly can. Why? Yeah. It keeps you from the truth. You notice that oneness, that togetherness. Everyone had need. Democracy tells you, well, I work harder, I make more, I deserve more, right? God said no in one of his parables. What did Jesus say? Why call me evil and unfair? Because I want you all to have the same thing. Right. You see, so democracy, even though a lot of people call it Christian, no. It was another form of satanic control. Control. The only reason for democracy was to get everybody to fund the U.N. Army for the New World Order. Mm -hmm. That was it. America is the reason why other countries have money, including China, Russia, you name it. They all have mega <coughs> you know, bucks, and they're able to do what they want because it was off the backs of the American public. Yep. Working hard, sending money over. That's all we did. We were the camel. Democracy was the camel that drove the New World Order into town. Mm -hmm. That was it. Okay, so, all right, well, you know, we can pray out or whatever, but the point I want to make is, you know, we got to be prepared for the latter rain. This teaching is called preparation for the latter rain. We should be fasting. We should be praying. You're right. Fasting doesn't just entail food, but there are things that, you know, in some fast we can do. And get a feeling of the Spirit. Spend more time with the Lord. Absolutely. You know, I've been on a fast for a while now, and, you know, I, I want the Lord to work with me. I mean, of course I like food like everybody else, but the point is, is deny yourself and see what happens. Watch how bold you start to get in the Lord. Why? Because you're killing the flesh. Mm -hmm. The flesh is dying. 
The flesh doesn't have as much control over you as it used to. And that's what you want. That's why, that's why the Holy Ghost led Jesus right into the wilderness. As soon as he was baptized and that Holy Ghost fell on him, what did the Holy Ghost say? We need to go in the wilderness. Yep. We got to take care of this flesh and then you can begin your ministry. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, remember, he said that the ruler of this world comes and he has nothing in me. Remember, he said, um, uh, be not afraid of the world or something like that, because I have overcome the world. He's overcome all temptation. Why? He killed the flesh. Mm -hmm. He crucified his own body. He made it available to his father to do the father's will. So, I mean, that's going to take growth. I'm not saying it's got to be tomorrow. I'm just saying, you know, I'm still working on that. We're all working on it. But we are living well below our inheritance. We have to give the Lord a body. Mm -hmm. We have to do what he calls us to do. Man, how could we have the apostles and all these people do this stuff? And I mean, we're like, you know, Joel is gone. Abraham's dead. Okay, David's dead. Anybody you want to name, Paul, all of them, they're gone. This new world order and this thing is getting ready to get started. And who can the Lord use? You, 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 you and you. He can use us. We're here. We have to give him a body. This is why there's no ladder rain. Because we're not giving him anything to work with. Man, we got to start calling out to him. We got to get serious with this. Only because times are getting worse. Not that I want to kill anybody's fun. But our goal should be on the mind of Christ. What, what does he think of this? What can I do extra for him? That's what we need to do. And I'm speaking to me too. Trust me. I know that I'm living below my inheritance. I could be out there on the street talking to anybody. You know, bringing them in. We got in trouble for that at work. But you know what? It's going to continue. Yep. We're just licking our wounds. We're going to get it back going. If I'm going to lose my job, then you best believe it's going to be for the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's a gold crown and there's a white robe waiting for me in heaven. Now, why would I want to pass that up <laughs> for the sake of this? What do you got to look forward to? Depression, you know, bill collectors, death, <laughs> decaying, old, smelling like Bengay. <laughs> you know, I mean, what have we got? Losing your sight and your teeth and then you buried in the ground and that's it? Nah, man, we got everlasting life, you know? Yeah. The Lord is just looking for vessels fit for the master to use. So we'll go out in prayer. Anyone has anything to add? No? I do real quick. Um, Hurry up. No, I'm just kidding. Good. Well, and I'll just speak for myself personally, but it, we just got to, it has to be real to us. It has to be, you know, if we really want a filling of the Holy Spirit, it has to be real to us. The Bible is a breathing, living organism. It's not just a book. Mm -hmm. You know, and if if it's not real to us, you might as well stick it up next year encyclopedia. <laughs> Seriously, some truth you know. In that, yeah. So I mean, I, that's. I don't have this encyclopedia. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's. I mean, I'm not you know trying to down anybody either, but it, I mean that's just really what it boils down to. No, when I say when these things are said, man, I picture me and everything I say. Exactly. I don't care what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. I know that I can be doing so much more for the body of Christ. So much more. I know I could too. You know, but we are going to get going and yeah. the Lord is going to give us everything that we're going to need. He is going to pick us up. He's got us ready. You know, we just have to stay in the right frame of mind. And this thing tips off. He's going to be looking for vessels. Mm -hmm. He's looking for vessels now. Let's be a part of that remnant. Let's receive the latter rain when it comes because it's coming. Good, sir. Heavenly Father, I want to come to you tonight humble before you. 
Thanking you for another day that you have given to us, Lord. Thanking you for another opportunity to come together, Lord, to study your word with the time that you have given us. Lord, because we're not promised another day. We're not promised another minute, another hour. So any time that we're given, Lord, it's from you so we can get our lives right with you. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for everything that you've done for us. Lord, I thank you for everything that you have given to us. Lord, I believe truly, full-heartedly, that you have met our needs and so much more. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us. Help us to be thankful for everything that you've done for us. Help us to be thankful, Lord, because the enemy, he comes to steal, uh, kill, steal, and destroy. And Lord, if we have not had any of those things happen to us at any time, then it's only by your grace and mercy that you're providing us an opportunity, Lord, to continue to get our lives right with you. And I pray that you would give us an understanding of that. Lord, and I thank you for this ministry and everything that you want to do with it. Lord, I pray that you do make us those willing vessels. Lord, I pray that you would give us an outpouring and a filling of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand that whatever idols that we have placed in front of you, whatever those idols are, whatever is keeping us, Lord, from tapping into what our calling is within this ministry, within the body of Christ, Lord, that those things be taken out of the way, that we would be given into more prayer and fasting. Lord, to kill off the flesh. Lord, this is about seeking to have a right relationship with you. This is about having your power filled in our lives, Lord, so we can do those things that the world says that no one can do. But Lord, if we are filled with you, if we're filled with your Holy Spirit, then you're going to show us those things. And I pray, Lord, that that's what we seek towards, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to open the blind eyes, to heal the lame, Lord, all those things, to speak in new tongues, whatever you desire for us to do, Lord, that's the ultimate goal. It's not to have a, a nice, lavish life here on earth, Lord. Our kingdom is not here on earth, Lord. Our kingdom is in heaven with you. Your kingdom was not here on earth, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you help us, that we come outside of this world system, that the blinders be taken off, Lord, and I thank you for everyone who's come here tonight, Lord, that you would build us all up. I pray that you would be with Eric and Holly and little Eric, Lord. I pray that you would watch over them, that the, that he be born healthy, Lord, and filled with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would be with Martin and Laura and everything that they are going through. Watch over them as they go on vacation, that you would keep them safe and bring them back, Lord. And just continue to watch over them and everything that they've done for this ministry, Lord. I thank you for them. Be with Jake, Lord, and everything that he's dealing with in his life, that you would watch over him, continue to use him and guide and direct him, Lord. And Mikkel, even be with Andrew and everything that he's dealing with, Lord. He is the youth coming up. I pray, Lord, that you would reach down and touch his life, Lord. Help him to see that he needs you and his family as well, Lord, that you can be their father. I also pray that you would be with Sue and her husband and, and Dick and Marge and Karen and their mom. Lord, and Dan and Tracy, Ed and his wife, and Alex and Cammie and her husband and sister. Lord, and so many others. I pray for this upcoming conference, Lord, that your hands would be in it. Lord, I pray that you would light a fire under us like no other. That you would, Lord, give us that desire. Give us that hunger to go out and to preach and to teach the gospel, Lord. We cannot just sit 
sit by, Lord, and do nothing. You do need those willing vessels, and I pray that you would help us, that you would build us up soldiers for the army of Christ, Lord, willing to sacrifice everything to serve you, to not fear loss of job, family, or friends, Lord, because you will take care of our every need. Lord, and I do pray that you would be with our families tonight, that you would touch their lives. If any of them are bound by religion, if any of them, Lord, need your hands of healing upon their lives tonight, that you would touch them, Lord, that you would heal them both spiritually and physically, but help them, Lord, that they call upon the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Lord, I thank you again for everything that you have done for us. I pray, Lord, that you would just build us up, make us strong, Lord. I pray that you would help us, Lord, guide and direct and lead us to bring lost souls to you. Lord, to help us to see the spiritual warfare that's going on around us because it is so great, Lord. It is so great, and I pray that you would open up our hearts and our souls and our minds to be receptive of your word, Lord, your truths. That we not gain status with this world, Lord, but we compare ourselves to you and your scriptures. And if there are things in our lives that are not right, that we change them, Lord, so you can use us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take on the full armor of God, because that is our defense against the enemy. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Guide and direct and lead us, Lord, this evening. Place your shield of protection around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.